There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show, the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. Back in Kirkwood is Gangster Pete. I remain in Jupiter, Florida uh, for what was Cardinal Spring Training and now is, uh, at least as of this moment, the lockdown uh, that is the coronavirus pandemic. Gangster Pete, uh, Adam Long, our guest this week, and uh, before we uh, started uh, talking here on the air, you were saying this was one you were looking forward to listening to, because it's current, and so it's not like he's talking about things from a couple weeks ago. We are talking about the current state of things, although I want to make it clear, and I said this to Adam in the course of the interview, as we were recording on Thursday, March 19th, I feel like by the time that we put this interview up, uh, who knows what the world will be like by then. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge PGA fan, so I'm I'm just excited to hear a PGA golfer get their perspective. It'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah he's uh he's he's pretty um he's been playing really well. Uh he and you know, the players had one round before they shut it down last week and he was three under, which was um I think top fifteen. I know Hideki Matsuyama shot nine under, so he was in a uh, quite a spot, but uh, three under was was quite good because you had a couple guys like Tommy Fleetwood, I think, was six over. Ricky Fowler was four over. So Adam's been playing well, played well at the Honda, played well at uh, Bay Hill for the Arnold Palmer. And uh, and we certainly talk about, I think, what is a different mindset for him as uh, he is now in his second year on tour. And it's more of a let's go out and try and win mindset as opposed to let's just figure things out out here and try and make cuts now once he won last year that certainly put him in that mindset but now he's been to these places he's familiar with them and there are some elements of it that 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 course knowledge is such a huge part so there's that but the big story of course is is what's going on with the shutdown of sports and um and and we we start with that and discuss that in detail a few different times as a matter of fact and his peers in golf and um, and get his uh, his perspective on on it and how things have changed, how he thinks things will change, both with relation to the coronavirus and its impact on sports, but how things will be when uh, golf returns. And uh, and also talked about what when we Adam and I have played twice since we've been down here, and um, I was surprised, and I'm curious on this, Gangster Pete, as a, as a PGA fan, as you noted, and also a guy who plays. One of the times we were playing, he goes, what do you think about this equipment rollback thing? And I go, well, man, whatever. It's kind of a, you know, seems like Jack Nicholas talks about it annually at the Honda Classic press conference, and it gets a little attention, then it goes away. He goes, no, it's it's serious. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And there are some guys who are big names who are, who are advocating it. And I said, really? So we talk about that. Uh, how aware of that are you, Gangster Pete, and what is your opinion on it? I've heard Phil talk about it before. I think he's kind of against it. Yes, I would agree with that on Phil. I mean, the equipment 
doesn't really affect my game so much. But, uh, I mean, I think at some point you can't just keep changing all the courses to fit the equipment. So, I mean, I think something needs to be done at some point. I, uh, I, I, I mean, one of the things, and we talk about it a little, and we kind of get into the weeds. This, this, is, this is sometimes I'll say, even if you're not a fan of this, you'll enjoy this one. I, 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 think, I think if you are a golf fan, you will love this. I think if you're, a golf, uh, if you're not a golf fan, I'm not sure you will love it. Um, so I want to, you know, I always want to just kind of call it how I see it, what I think the audience's mindset will be, because we kind of get into the weeds on some things. And, uh, and really one of the things, and I don't know if, uh, Pete, you have ever played a course with what would be considered firm greens um, and how it, how, it is, how it is everything. I mean, it's, it's everything as far as how it changes the game. Have you had that? Uh, have you had the honor yet of experiencing what basically is like trying to land a ball on concrete and putting on concrete, even though it's grass? Not like PGA Tour speed. Like I've played Dalhousie and some nice courses in Florida, but not not like what these guys are dealing with. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, here here we're we're staying. We're at PGA National, and there are five total courses, four on the property. Um, one of them is like a mile or two to the west. And the champion course where they have the Honda Classic, um, and, and playing on that course versus the other three courses. I guess I've played two of the other three this year. It's just it's it's kind of like the difference. But even though it's Bermuda grass, it's the difference between playing. I think almost any course in St. Louis, uh, and I'd include a Bell Reeve or Old Wars, and I've never played Boone, so I can't include that in there. But you know, as far as these high caliber courses, but. They're just high-caliber courses. They're not necessarily ridiculously difficult. The Honda Classic course, the champion course, as Adam says in this interview, might be the most difficult course they play every year. And part of it is the wind, which dries out the course and then firms up the greens. And I said, you know, I was telling him, which I'm sure I talked about on the podcast last year, how I played the day or two days after the Honda Classic with Jim Edmonds um, at, uh, at this course. And how I was hitting greens, I was the ball would land on the green, but they wouldn't hold greens. And you'll sometimes hear guys talk about holding greens and what they're able to do. And for them, it's second nature. They don't even Adam. I even I even ask him Adam about how they hold greens, spinning the ball, saucing it, which he then makes fun of me for calling it saucing. <laughs> but uh, and he goes, yeah, he goes, I kind of learned to do it in high school. I mean, it's a variety of combinations. It's the ball. It's certain clubs. It's how you hit it. You know, it's the speed with which you hit it. And, is, yeah, it's, you know, it's just kind of a thing that becomes second nature, but that's what you have to be able to do to hold these greens. Otherwise, you could land it on the green, but it'll just go bouncing off, and then you're like either chipping from this ridiculously tight Bermuda grass or you're putting from you know 40 yards away just trying to avoid rolling it off again. It's, it's, an, it's another world. And, and you know, so when people come down here and they want to hang out and play golf, they're like, hey, I'd love to play the course you know, that they just played, the Honda Classic course, and I'm like, I'll do it, but I want to tell you this is not going to be fun. You'll, it'll be cool to see a course that you saw on TV and the bear trap and all that, but I'm just telling you, you know, you're probably going to shoot, you know, I don't mean, you're going to shoot well above what you usually shoot. And there are a few other courses here that are good courses that are comparable to a, a standard course. Just beware. And, and so I was saying to Adam, I said, what's the deal? And he goes, firm greens are everything. He goes, that's what separates and that was why when the greens softened up at Bell Reeve for the PGA Championship, they made such a big deal about it. But at that time, I hadn't experienced firm greens. 
and it's not just firm greens. It's it's just a, a lack of being able to control a golf ball. Because he said, if you give us, and I think he said, I can't remember if he said this before we started recording or while we started recording. He said, if you give us soft greens, and we're 200 yards out, and we know we can land it, we're just going to go at the pin all day, and almost everybody out here is going to be able to hit it and stick it. Which, of course, almost everybody listening to this is just like, from 200 yards, they can hit it to within five feet and stick it. But the reality is they can't. The thing that changes it is the firmness of the greens. And while that's something in some sense you can control if the weather is right, that's why they couldn't do it at Belle Reve because of how hot it was and they couldn't mess with it. Uh, so that's why they were soft. The wind is the factor that, of course, is not anything that can be controlled. And so when it gets super windy, they get even firmer. And that's what you had a couple weeks ago at Bay Hill on that Saturday in which I think one player shot under par, Max Homa. Uh, everybody else shot over par, and it was absolute carnage. Uh, and Adam said he loved it. He said it was a fun, one of the funnest rounds I've ever played because it was just absolute chaos, and it forced you to, to think differently. Um, so th- this, is a, this, is a, this is an interview that gets into the weeds. Uh, there's no question about that as far as golf goes, as far as how he plays, approach, his mindset, and, um, and then certainly what's going on right now with the sports world being shut down and, um, and its impact. And also... I think he gave some perspective that might not be out there, as I'm talking to you, Pete, anyway, with regard to um, what they are thinking uh, with, the, uh, with the major schedule and the Masters, which I think will be of note to people, again, assuming that by the time this interview makes its way out there, that uh, people, you know, the world hasn't changed yet again or something has changed substantially with golf. So, um just a, a piece of information there. I don't know how long we went. Uh, I know it was a good long while. I enjoy talking with him. He is a great smartass. He is a great smartass. And, uh, and that certainly goes on when we're playing. And, uh, and also in this interview, it's very dry, cutting, um, and it's in my direction. So that will make those of uh, you who strongly dislike me happy as I, as I experience some shrapnel over the course of the interview. So Adam Long came over because uh, we weren't going to be meeting in a uh, public spot these days, and we did the interview, and, uh, and I appreciate him doing that, especially considering his wife is going to be giving birth to their first child here in about, uh, in about a month. So Adam Long in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, the Francis Howell grad, Duke uh, grad, who has won on the PGA Tour. He won what uh, now is the Amex uh, I think it's the Amex Classic, Amex uh, that, that uh, is in Palm Springs. It was the Desert Classic when he won it in 2019, beating Phil Mickelson by holding out a putt with Mickelson standing right behind him. And he is uh, starting to have some consistent performances on uh, tour, especially during this Florida swing that was halted after one round of the Players' Championship in Ponte Vedra. So grateful for Adam's time at the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, a loyal sponsor of this podcast from the very beginning. Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com, grateful for his support. Interest rates, it goes without saying, this is, this is uh, I mean, I feel like I've been saying it since the beginning of the podcast, but now we're at a point where I don't know if they can't even get lower, but they are, of course, at all-time lows. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Buying a home, refinancing, make sure you're doing it with Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Our guest sponsors every week, 
guest sponsor is Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And for now more than a year, year and a half, uh, you're talking about uh, somebody I've been advising you to do business with, and that's when things were much different than they are now. And I will, uh, I will tell you this, to be able to have somebody in so many different areas of the world right now, uh, by that I mean not, not uh, locations, but industries, to lean on, uh, it gives you some form of peace of mind at a time of perhaps the highest anxiety of any of our lifetimes. And uh, financial certainly would be at or near the top of the list. So we had somebody on the uh, radio show text in and say, you know, I hear Mark Hanna every week on the show, and every time I think I need to give that guy a call. And I say, I just, I mean, every week I say it. I'm like, you're going to be happy if you did. You are going to feel better about the situation if you did. So now, perhaps more than ever, go to evergreenstl.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, or give him a call at 314-889-0503, and you'll be very happy uh, after you talk with him. He speaks with everyday people every day about getting their finances organized, and especially right now with the situation that uh, the global economy is in. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Um, This is uh, another sponsor. I mean, it's kind of all perfect timing, as unfortunate as the perfect timing is is uh, you want to make sure that everything is buttoned up right now. I mean, that, that it kind of is an obvious statement, but this is the person. They, it just, just, it's, it's great fortune that, you know, the people I'm naming, Ryan Kelly, Mark Hanna, James Carlton, I know them all. It's not like somebody emailed me copy and said, hey, vouch for these guys. I wouldn't do it. I know them all. And uh, so impressed with James Carlton that I switched to James Carlton for auto, for home, for life, Make sure that everything is in check, and they will do it for you at the James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves. There's not a doubt in my mind about it, man. There's not a doubt in my mind. Got a text from him this week, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Support our sponsors And in this case, I uh, can speak with the great amount of confidence that these sponsors are the people you want to make sure you're doing business with at a time like this. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop a train. Seth Goldcamp and his family have taken care of St. Louisans for generations. If you're having any heating and cooling issues, they're the official HVAC provider of this podcast. Go online at designairservice.com. I am a client of Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling as well. So you find yourself at home, of course, now way more than before. Make sure that that home is taken care of. And they can install air purifiers for you for your concerns. It's Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. You'll find him at designairservice.com. That's right. You'll find him at designairservice.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors who make this podcast possible. Our guest this week, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Ladies and gentlemen, from Francis Howell to the PGA Tour, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Long. Adam, welcome back. 
happy to be back. This is an honor. Do you really mean that? No, but it's just something. It seems like everybody else always says on those shows, so I, I try to repeat Thank you. That. I could tell by your facial expression that you weren't being sincere. So what what is this time like for you and your peers on the PGA Tour? Weird. Yeah? Very, very weird. I think because most off-seasons are in the wintertime, and we're used to it. We're ready for it, mentally prepared for it. We've got trips planned. We've got, you know, holidays. It's that's all scheduled in there and and you know it's coming all the time but now this has more of been a, a sudden abrupt stop and uh so it's just a weird time and now i mean as you and i are talking it's uh thursday uh on march 19th yes thursday march 19th 2020 i feel like the world could change by you know an hour from now much less a couple days from now but since we uh, saw each other last, the tour has canceled a variety of events, which means the soonest you guys would be playing would be what? The end of May, I guess, yeah, it seems like? Yeah, like mid-May uh, would be the Colonial Charles Schwab Challenge, which would be like, yeah, May 18th would be the first day of practice rounds, I think. Yeah. So what are you, like, you want to stay sharp, I assume, you know. I was watching guys get interviewed as they were leaving TPC for the players, and Kevin Na, for example, is like, usually I'd just go home and I'd, you know, I'd hit balls, I'd play, I'd, I'd practice. I'm just, you know, in this situation, I think I'm just going to spend some time with my family. Now I know you and your wife are about to have a baby, uh, so you don't have kids running around. He has a couple, but how are you staying? I mean, I'm sure you're playing and staying fresh and all of that, but how are you handling as far as the golf side of it? Right. It's it's a little weird. I don't know. It's it's typically you take, you know, in a normal off season, you would take a, the first I don't know, a week, two weeks to just kind of chill and hang out and have some fun and relax and then, you know, maybe start ramping up some workouts and some little more in-depth and detailed like practice and start playing uh, towards the end. You start playing a lot more. It's kind of how I typically would go about it. But this is such a long break. Um, you know, it's not four or five weeks. This is going to be, you know, an eight-week deal probably mm -hmm. and at least. I mean, I would be surprised if that was our first week back, but hopefully it is. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that's what happens. But yeah, so I mean, so far it's just been a, a little bit of like shock, honestly. Um, I had a mini breakdown on Tuesday at home. I was like, <laughs> we were doing some laundry and stuff and I just like looked up at my wife. I was like, wait, is today Tuesday? Like I've been home for, wait, I've only been home for four days. <laughs> like I feel like the, <laughs> like it's been a week. Like what in the world are we doing? <laughs> so um, yeah, I probably could get a little more uh, regimented and scheduled here soon, but um, so far, it's been mostly shock. So I want a few things on, on on the golf side of it. First off, you've been playing at least it seems like really well going into when it when it was a full stop after the first round at the players. Would you agree with that characterization of the way you've been playing? Yeah, for the most part, I had a few up and down events here and there in the spring, but for the most part, I've been on top of things and feeling pretty good about it, and had a couple top. 25 top 30 finishes here at the Honda and uh, the next week at Bay Hill and had a nice start at the players. Yeah, three under in the yeah. lead. Now Hideki Matsuyama went off and, you know, nine under, sure. but three under is a pretty nice day. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I felt like in total control of my game. I knew where I was at. I knew um, complete game I was in total control. And so, you know, those are good feelings to have that don't you don't always have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was searching that much. I felt like I was in, uh, in the driver's seat, but... All, everything came to a screeching halt. Right. When, when you're in that mindset, what is, what is, what are you feeling is right? It's, it, I'm, and I know it might be difficult to, to convey verbally the abstract, but, you know, versus when you're struggling, what is, what is right for you? Yeah, for me, it's usually a golf swing, a mechanical full swing thing is where I draw a lot of my confidence from. And um, when I'm on and ball striking, I feel like I'm 
I'm, I'm striking it nicely, then I feel like everything else kind of falls into place and I'm giving myself a lot of birdie opportunities and it just takes a lot of stress off my game. And, um, you know, when, it, when I'm spending a lot of time on the range trying to just figure out some feels to, you know, get back to where I don't have to think about the golf swing is the, is the goal, really. You mm -hmm. don't want to be thinking mechanically that much when you're playing. But when I'm playing my best, I'm not thinking that way. And um, so but when I'm on with my ball striking, I, I, I get the most confidence from that. And that's how I was starting to feel. I uh, did some work with Josh Gregory that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of, of the players and, um, you know, did a lot, some tempo things and just a few little things that just are fleeting in golf. But, um, you know, I felt like I was in control. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I walked with your dad and Josh when I followed you in the second round, the Honda, uh, your back nine, which was the front nine of the course, finished birdie par birdie. Uh and I had a couple of questions. I'm going to get into the weeds on this here, but I'm going to go into the weeds. And I know you'll go to the weeds. You'll go into the weeds. Sure. First off, number one, on Thursday, on number 17, which, which is right out here, I come out here with my two-year-old son, since it's in the backyard, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see how Adam's doing. And you would hit it in the bunker. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I remember You that. remember this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So your dad told me this, and I've been looking forward to asking this question. You walk up, clearly you're not happy with the situation. And, and you were playing well. Uh, I think you were actually at the top of the leaderboard, you know, the first few holes of the, the whole thing. And, and you look at the ball, and you're not happy, and you go in there, and then you don't get out with your first shot. And then you get out with your second shot, and then wind up missing the putt and doubling it, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And talking to your dad, walking with him the next day, and I said, yeah, I felt terrible. I walked out there, and then he double bogeys a hole. I said, I need to hide out, you know? And, uh, and he said, well, yeah, he goes, but he had a really bad lie. And so he, he intentionally didn't hit out. Is that accurate? Um, so somewhat. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's accurate that it's probably your fault that for doubling it. I'd say that's probably the <laughs> edit this out. Somebody <laughs> get the shears. Yeah, yeah. I think that's clear. Um, no, I, yeah, I, pin was back, right, water, right, bunker left and bailed left. Um, so I hit in the bunker and, you know, you know, it's going to be a tough bunker shot and, but I got over there. And it was plugged. It was buried in the bunker. And so a terrible lie. Now, and, and on the other side of the bunker going towards the hole, the, the green runs towards the water. Right. And if, if a plugged bunker shot, it's hard to stop, right, anyway. And let alone on a green that's firm, fast, and running away. Uh, and downwind to add it. So mm. it all, all the forces working against me. And so, I mean, I talked with my caddy about all our options going backwards, left, right. And it was just so much water. And everywhere you looked, it was just like, this is not a good situation. So... Honestly, we talked and decided my best case scenario was to advance it, you know, four feet and hope that it hits in the rough and catches, of, yeah. catches the rough and pops up and trickles onto the green and maybe you have a, a par putt of some sort. And so that was our game plan was like barely get it to the rough. Like don't overdo it. Right, by any means. Right. If anything, underdo it. And then you got a normal bunker shot. It's not going to be buried like my first one was. And so I hit the hit the bunker shot and didn't hit it hard enough. I aired on the safe side. The only problem with that was the next one had a little mini plug. Oh, no way. So that one's buried now too, kind of closer to the lip now. And it wasn't nearly as hard. There's a lot more sand. I could just kind of pop it out. I knew it wasn't probably gonna go in the water, but it was still a tough one to get close. Because you have to swing just hard enough to get it out of the bunker and over the lip, but not too hard that it goes flying across into the water. Yes. Um, because actually the drop would have been back 
all the way back. All the way the, back by the tee, like the what, tea. 20 yards in front of the tee box? Yeah, it could have been like a, going all the way back to like 130-yard shot. That's maybe. where the drop would be? Yeah, because it was a yellow hazard. And so I was just looking at like, oh, man, this is rough. Oh, my God. And so, um, yeah, we ended up, uh, you know, making five there. But it was pretty disappointing because I had been kind of cruising. Right. And, you know, I know these holes are hard. The course is hard. And pars are always good. And you know, I wasn't trying to do anything crazy. I was, I was trying to be conservative and give myself a bogey probably, but ended up making a five, which, you know, was a little disappointing, but birdied the, the hole afterwards. So yeah, he birdied 18. Yeah. The, the reason why I asked is when your dad told me that, I go, that is just not, I'm sure some amateur players are listening to this and going to even think that way is so like foreign. It's, it's, it's a meta thought process that, okay, I know I'm not going for the flag, like the, the logic of the 20 handicapper or even in my case, six handicappers, oh, we're just going for it no matter what, no matter what. And to think your way around like, okay, I'm going to accept my bogey, but I'm going to take, at least I think I'm going to take a disastrous double or hell, like you said, maybe go back to the tee box mm -hmm. or the drop zone, which was basically the tee box yeah. out of it. And I thought, God, that stuff doesn't even cross my mind. And then I wound up getting a nine on that hole a few days later <laughs> because I had the exact same situation. I said, yeah, Adam yeah. Wong was in here. And, yeah. and I just, I had the same thing. And I'm like, oh, good. I had a good bunker shot. And then it just kept rolling and rolling. And then it went into the water. Yeah, I think part of that is as professionals, we're looking at it as, as a bigger picture. We're trying to minimize the damage control and we're trying to, you know, take advantage of good situations. But yeah, uh, we're not thinking about this particular hole or winning the hole against the team and we don't have a partner to kind of bank on and yeah. be like, oh whatever it is a bad hole move on to the next it's like well we got to post a score here and and then tomorrow we got to come back out and post another score and then day after that as well like this is a big deal mm -hmm. um we can't really um afford to just kind of take unnecessary risks i guess yeah and and so i was thrilled to see that you were you know, hanging around certainly on Friday. I guess I didn't see the back nine, the beginning of the bear trip on trap on Friday of 15. Your dad said you had a good uh, shot and got a bad break where it bounced hard and went off the backside, I guess, on Friday. That's going to happen. That's part of the deal. But then you got things right. And we started following you on the front, my wife and I. And um, and your playing partner, who also is a, is a, I don't know what the right word is, student, client of Josh Josh's Siwoo Kim is Ryan Armour as well. No, no, he's not. But he was in your, mm -hmm. he was in your group, uh, and he's fighting to make the cut. And you're in a spot where you're looking pretty good numbers wise. And I'm curious. Again, I'm getting into the weeds on this, but I want to hear the thought process. How much of that factors into your approach on some shots, like uh, like on number eight, for example? You went right. You're in the woods. You might have a, a window to get across the water and onto the green, but you're two or three strokes away from the cut looking good. You can punch it out and then try to get, get up and down from what, 120 out or so, which you were able to do. It was a hell of a four. And if you were in a different spot, if you were in Siwoo's spot, are you taking a different approach? I'm curious what the mindset is. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it, it. there's definitely a difference in approach there. Um you know, you'd like to say, no, it's just one shot at a time and you're just trying to do the best you can every hole and all that, which is definitely true. But there are certain circumstances where you either need to kind of get a little bit more aggressive or a little bit more conservative. But, um, you know, I, I, I hopefully I'm at the point now in, in my career or whatever that I making cuts isn't a goal of mine. That's not there's no I, I have goals for the year or whatever. And it's not that not there's not not one goal about how many cuts can I possibly make or, you know. Uh, it, it's more about your, your big weeks. It's mm -hmm. more about your finishes. And so 
I know that. And yes, it's still nice to make the cut. You still want to make the cut. And sometimes it, you're grinding it out just to make the cut. And it's very important. But at the end of the day, there's no award for making the most cuts or anything. Um, finishing 50th, 60th, 40th every week won't get you very far. So um, hopefully you're, you know, a big part of my mindset is on making sure that on Thursday and especially on Friday, but my goal is not to make the cut. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you set your goal there and your expectations and your focus on what's that cut going to be and where you're, where you stand as far as where the cut is, I think that's usually where you're going to end up. And I've kind of, I've learned that I've been in that world. Do you think that's where you were your first year out there? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah especially okay. at the beginning. Yeah. Not so yeah. much towards, you know, last summer or anything uh, later on, but certainly those first five or six events, you know, that's all I could think about was like, I need to make a cut to advance my priority ranking and get into more events. And, um, it, it's just a lot of mess that you don't really need in, in, in out there. So, um, I've made it a priority of mine to not care as much about the cut. Um, now saying that it's, you always know what it is for the most part. And, um, so it, it can be a little bit of a drama. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean it, that, that tournament is so different too, because par is a good score, sure. you know, as opposed to like, if everybody was putting up a, you know, the winning score is going to be what, 20 something under, you're sure. like, Oh, I got a fire here for a birdie because par is basically like, a, like a bogey. Are there certain players who you like to play with where you can see the pairing sheet and you go, Oh, good. That'll be good because they match up with your style, so to speak, or the way you like to go about it when you're out there or they're, is that is that the case or are there um yeah i, I honestly i don't mind playing with just about anybody for the most part I think but i saw your tweet when you were playing your first round at the uh the players and you had what davis love the third and who else was in yeah bay hill um with oh yeah uh, yeah davis yeah, love yeah, bay hill that's and, right uh, and vj singh yeah <laughs> and you said what there's how many majors yeah we saying? had uh, <laughs> i think we had uh like five majors and uh like 56 wins between the three of us. <laughs> the three of us. Uh, yep, yep, not yep, bad. That's not bad at all. It's a hell of a group. <laughs> but what, I, 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 that was it was odd to have you in that group, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little weird, a little strange. <laughs> um, it's just kind of how it shook out. I'm right. sure the system just spit it out. But um, that was a cool experience, though. Honestly, I mean, I've watched them since I was a kid. Yeah. I had played with VJ at the Players last year, so we had a little bit of uh, a pass there. But um, and I had met Davis here and there. Our lockers are always close together, and so we see each other in the locker room a little bit, and we always have a little chat for the most part. But I never played with them before, so I was looking forward to it. Yeah, have you have you had a round with uh, with Tiger, Kapka? Has that has that happened? I, I haven't played with Tiger yet. That, yeah. that's probably the biggest, uh, you know, the the biggest name, or I guess, or something that that would really get my attention. Yeah. Um, some of the other superstars, young guys, you know, I I feel like I we're the same age for the most part, or close to it, mm -hmm. or I've played junior golf with, or college golf, or at some point we've had some sort of interaction, or down here and. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I played with Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler in the last year, um, for example. You've been paired with him? Yeah, for example. And that it's, it's cool. I mean, they definitely live a different life than me, and they, have a, they bring a lot of fans out with them, and a lot of people follow them around, and, you know, they're, in, they're watching us as well. And um, there's definitely a little difference there. But it, it's not like playing against or with, I should say, Tiger. Is, that's, I mean, a that's the different that's the world. Ultimate. I'm sure you would love to have the opportunity because that means most likely something has gone right. Yeah. For, yeah. Know? I mean, I, we, I probably wouldn't get paired with them Thursday or Friday, but it would probably, you know, a likely situation would be a Saturday or Sunday. Let me, let's go back to the Masters last year. So you played in it. 
did not make the cut, correct? Correct. Um, but you, I'm sure, were watching on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking as you watched? I mean, that's like a classic. Like, if that pops up on the Golf Channel, I'm watching it now. You right, know, right. what were what were you thinking? Because, I mean, some big names. It's the Masters. It's yeah. going to have to be big right. names. But there were some big names competing, and then there he is. What were you thinking yeah. as a as I mean, a I was rooting for Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, not going to lie, I was definitely wanting him to win. Um, were you your place down but, here? But what's that? Were you your place down here? I assume, or you we were still there? Uh, we had just gotten to Hilton Head for the next. Oh, okay, week, that's the right. Next that's tournament, right. RBC yep. Heritage there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we. I was watching along, um, just like everybody else. And I were was, you watching with some other players? No, I was watching just with my wife. I think we were just traveling. I think we had it up on the iPad for a long time okay. with the car driving over, and it was uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was it was unreal. I, I didn't think he was going to win, but I wanted him to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have always been a fan. I've watched him since I was a kid. It's a big reason why I'm playing golf and why I'm a pro golfer. And I think, you know, watching him succeed is, is unlike anything other, anything else. So, yeah, I was rooting for him big time. But I didn't think he was going to pull it off just because he hadn't won something like that in so long, and, he, and especially in that fashion. Like, he was going to have to do some great things to win. It wasn't – he didn't need to just kind of hold on. He needed to, he needed to make some birdies and win. And uh, – it was it was anybody's game. There's you know Molinari had the issue on twelve, and it just got it got crazy quick. But yeah. uh, that was a, some some pretty awesome golf to watch. Does having him in your in that that day they were because of the weather they had put you're going out in, in threes. You know it wasn't a pairing. You're going out in threes because of the weather. Do you think that that gets in even guy? I mean, what Molinari had won the Open, you know, six months earlier, seven months earlier. Uh, who else was Finau, I think, was also in there, uh, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, Brooks had a chance. Brooks was there Justin, in, the, in the group. Chance, yeah. Does that, does, does that, you think it gets in guys' heads? I don't know, probably a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you certainly hear it. You hear the roars out there. I mean, Augusta's unlike anything else with the, with the roars and the sound. I mean, you just know where he is, and... I can't imagine. I wasn't. Were you out on the course at the same time as him on Thursday and Friday? I, I don't know to yeah. be honest. Um, but I, I've been around him in other places and other tournaments enough to you know where he is yeah. at all times. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it probably does a little bit. I mean, these guys are these guys are killers, right? You're talking about major champions, some of the best in the world, some of the best of all time are out there playing, trying to win the, the Masters. So. Um, it probably does play a little part, but I, I don't think it affects them all that much. Now that you've played it, um, what was your, what stands out to you? I say the Masters 2019. I know everybody else goes, you know, Tiger Woods won it. You played it. What, 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 what do you remember? What stands out to you from that? Um, I mean, right away, it's just that I played. I realized afterwards that I played the, those two rounds with a cracked driver that I didn't realize was cracked. Um, what the I had a, hell? a little issue like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I was just not hitting my driver that great, but some of the good ones were good, and then the bad ones were just not that great. And I was on the on the uh, range with my coach, Josh, a lot, trying to work out some – I thought it was my swing, but I just couldn't hit my normal little draw, and I was hitting these weird shots, and every once in a while it would be like a knuckle diver, and I'm, I just was really annoyed, and we spent so much time. That was the, That's what kills me is like I spent so much time – working on something that I couldn't fix, but I thought I could. And I just wasted so much energy and time on that. I mean, I warmed up longer than normal with the driver and I hit, you know, normally I'm hitting five or six, seven drivers and I'm hitting like 20 out there Mm -hmm. uh, before I go out there. And so that was probably the most disappointing thing. Um, It's not an excuse because I actually hit it okay in the tournament, just pretty, pretty short. And uh, I wasn't hitting as far as normal. And uh, you know, I missed a few fairways that I just 
didn't know why kind of thing. So there's a few weird ones, but it wasn't it wasn't way off is is why I didn't think it didn't was the think driver. It, yeah. yeah, if it was way off and it was just every single one, it's like obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to Hilton Head on Monday and I went to the range and hit a few and I realized like I, I looked at it a little closer and I just saw just the little hairline fracture in the groove of the face of the driver. So that's it was a little hidden in the groove. God. And so that's just, it just kind of eats at me a little bit because it's such a, you know, oh. you don't know how many masters you're ever going to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could have made, made the cut anyway. It's not like I put it. What do you wind up shooting? What do you, I don't, I don't remember. I don't even remember either, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably missed the cut by four or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I would have putted great, I would have made the cut. So it's, you know, there's plenty of reasons why I didn't make the cut, but that's just, that's one that eats at me because I, I just spent so much time on it and energy and it just wore me out. Is there a set number of putts that you're like, that was a good day putting? Because I guess the reason I ask, like for me, it's like, okay, if I know that I, for me, and you'll laugh at the number, mm-hmm. yeah, I can already right. see you getting ready to go. I, I, I might not say it. I might edit in what the number is so you don't hear and laugh. But for me, if I am at 30 putts or less, all right, you're not laughing. Yeah. No, that's you're, okay. you're, that's, that's acceptable. All right. All right. I mean, it, it just it totally... But there's a bunch of factors. Yeah, exactly. For you guys, there's 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 your proximity sure. and the course. Yeah, and, and, and how many greens you hit. Right. I mean, if you miss 18 greens, you're going to have less putts because all your chips and stuff are going to be closer. Than That's a, assuming than a gentleman an can chip. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually, whenever you get to the green, it should be closer than you know your shot from 200 yards. Right. Down. So it's totally relative to the greens and proximity that you hit. I mean, if you hit every single green, you're probably going to have more putts. You just are right so um, absolutely having, it, it's a it's not necessarily a number of putts but uh you can break it down to proximity and you know three putts are always bad and i know you have too many of those um, and i felt like that was directed at me yeah that's why i looked at you um, <laughs> as opposed to our so live studio, studio audience here in the dining room <laughs> they're, they're, those are always bad for everybody so minimizing those is, is key but no i don't have a, like, a number of actual putts what were those augusta greens like i mean are they were they a different world than anything you can compare it to or are they comparable to anything yeah i don't know i mean they were they're, they're just so much slope to them and there's some such little tricky reads that you think is going to go left and then you got to Okay, Ray's Creek is over there, but man, this thing looks like it's going to go left, and then you put it, and it doesn't go left. Wow. Um, so it does benefit the guy. Like, couples every year, it's, I feel like he's just like, you know, he's, he's not going to win longer. They're yeah. not going to win, but they're like, they from a DraftKings perspective, they only cost 6000 It's like, <laughs> I might as well yeah. put them in because they're going to be there. Right. And I think, and that, that's because of the course knowledge? You do think yeah, there's something Yeah, I think there? there's a lot of course knowledge, and I went early and worked with uh, a local caddy there as well, but I... I think there's so many like spots, say, for, take the first green, for example, short right, missing short right on one is fine for two of the pins, but another pin yeah. or two is awful place yeah. to be, or, or like left of one, terrible to like a left pin. Um, but you got to be, know, you got to know that standing back in the fairway that like, okay, I know yesterday it was okay to be short right, yeah. but today I cannot be short right yeah. to this pin. And, and sometimes it's a long ways away from the hole and it's impossible to get close even though you have all of this green to work with it's still impossible so and each green is very different and you got to know your spots and know which which little slopes to take and which ones you can't and it's uh it's just amazing and, and it's also it was interesting how much the course changed throughout the week i mean i got there sunday night and i mean by thursday morning the course was a lot different it was firmer faster yeah. than than it was in practice rounds did you ever catch yourself at all, and I may, my, my, I maybe you wouldn't, letting the course get in your head, letting the event get in your head? 
Um, yeah, probably a little yeah. bit. I, I mean, think so. I mean, you, you know, it's different. It's very different. Um, we're used to seeing these big, huge tents and corporate hospitality um, events that are on every, or, right. you know, a handful of the holes out there. You're used to seeing these big advertisements of take here, for example, the Honda Classic. You see Honda everywhere. You see Golf Channel everywhere. You see MasterCard. You see all these sponsorship yeah. and these big TV towers and um, out there at the Masters, there's none of that. There's only chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few stands out there on, a, on certain holes for sure. There's some bleachers, but it's not like uh, it's not like anything else. And then the, the whole tournaments run differently. I mean, was, there's different yardage books. There's different pin sheets. There's different rule book. Uh, you know, there's a whole different. The locker room's different. It, it's a very different feel um, than what we're accustomed to on the PGA Tour, which every week is, for the most part, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And the Masters, they just do everything a little different. It's great. It's just a little different. So you just know, like, okay, this is not normal. <laughs> this is something different. I, I Maybe I'm off the mark here. I just feel like, you know, monitoring you know, your play this year, I feel like, you know, if there were a Masters this year and if you were able to be part of the field, that you would, at least in your mind, go down there, or as the case where we are, up there, feel having a different approach. I think more confidence and comfort. And, of course, you'd have the course knowledge. But I just feel like your game's at a different place and you're at a different place mentally that you'd be – more on the offensive so to speak is that a good read or is yeah absolutely i think that's yeah i think that showed my play this year and i think that's how i feel about just any other week on tour now compared to last year where i was showing up and didn't know where the locker room was and you know now i got it and i know what to expect i know which holes are you know conservative holes to play and which holes you can go at it and i the harder holes are seeming easier now um pj national is one of the hardest courses if not the hardest course we play all year and I was not nearly as, uh, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but I wasn't, I was way more comfortable this year. Than not I was intimidated last year. by not the a, Not as yeah. intimidated. It feels a little bit more like a home course every week out there. And I can't imagine the guys that have been out here for 20 years, how they feel, but mm-hmm. that's just me in one year. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, for Augusta, same deal. I think I would know what to expect. I'd know the feelings. I'd know the expectations a lot more and, I would put me a, it would put me a lot more ease and I'd feel a lot more confident. Gut feeling, do you think you will be playing do you think the the Masters will be taking place in 2020? Man, gut feeling I I was at a no about 24 hours ago. Oh and wow. And now I'm starting to kind of come around and say maybe they will try to have it in the fall, but I can't imagine. Do, do you have like some Bud Fox Gordon Gecko intel <laughs> or are you uh I can't. Uh, I can't. Nice. Good. You're handling this say. right. You are a seasoned veteran. Yeah, you're, you're shaking and baking. But I, I, don't, like I'm I don't. Interviewing know, Quinn Snyder right now. <laughs> they would. <laughs> they would. Shout out to Duke. <laughs> they. They definitely want to. I think they want to get it done. It's just I can't imagine a Masters in October. I don't know what the grass would look like. I don't know what the flowers would look like. I don't know what the product would be. And I'm sure a lot of people listening is going, what does it matter? Because they're picturing they play a public course in St. Louis or a private course in St. Louis or whatever. And they're like, well, what does it matter? But Augusta is a different animal. It is. And, and if you could explain, I know you're not going to go into the, uh, you know, growing grass and all that, yeah. but there is a reason why. They actually shut the thing down after you guys are done, right? Yeah, they open for another month or month and a half after the Masters. But they, um, yeah, they shut it down completely and there's, hardly any grass out there and um, they shut it down all summer so then to, to and they get it going I've played it actually in I think it was October in 2010 after I graduated there's a member that had us out and so 
I went and played it then, and it's different. I mean, obviously, they're not preparing for the Masters then, but, um, you know, they like to oversee that with, I think it's gra- uh, ryegrass over the Bermuda, which is natural around mm-hmm. there. And that's better in the springtime than it is to st- start at the end of the summer to start trying to grow that kind of grass. It's yeah. just very difficult. But, I, again, it's Augusta, so they can do uh, very powerful things right. there that normal courses can't. Amazing how it would wind up working. Right. Uh, as, as far as, like, how this is impacting the game overall, not you individually, when you talk with your, your peers, I know you have some guys who you're obviously close with. What are they saying about this situation? Uh, I think it, a lot of it's funny. A lot of it probably depends on your situation. Um, I'm fortunate enough that this year I'm fully exempt. I've had a good year to start anyway, but even if I hadn't, I'd be fully exempt for the next, next season whenever that starts. Um, and so I'm comfortable. I'm okay. Um, another one of my friends I hung out with last night, Bo Hogue, on the PJ Tour as a rookie, came off the Corn Ferry Tour, limited starts. He's had a decent start to the season, pretty good position, but he needs these starts. He needs to perform, you know, to finish out the season. So he needs these events. He needs it bad. Um, same as uh, Michael Gligic, who Canadian guy I played with yesterday, also a rookie on the PJ Tour. Hasn't gotten off to a very good start so far and needs as many opportunities as possible. He can't be canceling events, and he's hoping that – um, you know, maybe they extend it to a, a kind of a two-year deal so he gets status next year, whenever that is, or mm-hmm. kind of combine this season and next season. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't know. I don't. Everybody's in a little different situation, but it does have implications on the Corn Ferry Tour and their finals and Q School starting, um, Canadian Tour, Latin America Tour, and those feed into the Corn Ferry Tour, which feed into the PJ Tour. Yeah. And it's a, it's a big deal and it's not easy to to figure this out so um i don't know what they'll do but it seems like they're probably going to extend maybe the playoffs another week or two um later in the into the fall just by a little bit and add, make sure we get all the majors in there make sure we get um some of the other big events and, and so you to, think they will try to get all of the majors in yeah the masters is the tricky one because our season's supposed to end in you know uh, august september right. and they want to have this masters in october which would be the start of the next season. Well, I don't know. So you'd have two masters in the same season or, and who qualifies for that? Typically, if you've won a PJ tour event in the last year, you're in the masters. Well, does everybody get into the October one or is it, if you win this summer, you're actually not in the next masters in the fall, but you're in the spring masters. And so it's very confusing. I don't know. Man, I'm telling you, it's something else. It would be great if it still could, still could happen. So, so let me ask you this with regarding golf courses and shutting down. Like, of course, you have courses you play down here to practice and also play. That's something that at this moment is being debated. Now, Washington, the state of Washington, uh, is one of the, at the moment, as we, you and I are talking, one of the hardest hit places. And they sent something out yesterday. Um, I saw Chris Nagel, actually, St. Mm-hmm. Louis guy, um, retweet this, that they listed the activities that they said are still cool to do. And this is one of the hardest hit states, and golf was one of them. Um, I know that neither one of us are in a position to, to pontificate on it, but it does seem when you're out there, if you're out there and you played with three guys yesterday and even if you had caddy, mm-hmm. I don't really, I mean, I, I know none of us really know what the real, real, real risks are, but what are your thoughts on just being out there and playing your comfort level, especially as a guy who's about to become a parent here for the first time in a month, you know? I mean, what do you think and what do you think? What do your peers think about yeah, it? Yeah, everyone's handling it a little differently. I know some are 
um, walking only. Um, they're just going to take their bag, and that's all they want to do. Um, an LPGA player has told has said that like she's just not going to touch the golf cart. She's just going to get out of her car, go on the golf course, play. And that's just her. Um, and that's uh, totally understandable. Uh, we played yesterday, for example, a foursome. We took two carts. Um, the staff promised us <laughs> that they had sanitized all the handles, all the steering wheels, everything should be completely clean. We had our own hand sanitizer anyway to, on top of that. Um, we all, none of us touched the flag stick. We all put our glove on to take the flag stick out. You know, I mean, why not? Um, you don't have to touch that. Right. Um, you could leave it in. Yeah, you don't I, even have to take yeah, it out. I didn't even. I didn't. I just left it in yesterday. Right, you can leave it in, yeah. uh, which is fine. But you're also probably going to touch it while you get your ball out of the hole. It's hard not to. Yeah. but you're probably going to touch it a little bit. But um, I think there's some precautions you can take. And the rakes. What about the, the rakes? rakes? Yeah, same deal. Put keep your glove on, and yeah. um, so I think everyone's at it probably a little handling it a little differently. But um, it, it, I just can't imagine us not playing. Um, I think it's one of the safest things to do. It's hard. I mean, you can be as far away from your playing partners and competitors as you want. You don't have to be close. You don't have to touch each other. And uh, you can be safe about it. So I, I think as long as we're safe and we're aware of it and we're all on the same page and it's a thing, we don't have to shake hands afterwards. And um, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, some clubs, I guess, are taking precautions like no carts. Some are saying no mem- or no guests, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. It's just one of those things that I feel like people, to be able to get out, they compare it to hiking. You know, it's like you're not going to shut down hiking, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, you're not touching, take your pick of this or that. I don't know. I thought it was a positive to see that Washington, a state that's dealing with it mm-hmm. in an intense way, gave it the okay and actually encouraged people to, you know, for the purpose of getting out, if they want to get out, this is an activity you can do. Right. I mean, golf, is, like everything else, has never been cleaner, I feel like, right yeah. now. So I think. It's something to be aware of and something to be safe about and to be on top of for sure. Um, but as long as we're responsible about it and, and, you know, none of us went in the clubhouse even yesterday. And I think we're doing the best that we possibly can with this. And it's very difficult. And it's, you know, it's this, the unknown is, is kind of scary. But at the same time for us specifically, it is our job. And it, it's, it is something that we need to be on top of. Um, yeah. We can't necessarily shut down because we, you know, we're going to, that's our job. We have to be on top of it. So, uh, it's, it's a bit weird for sure. Uh, you have, uh, you mentioned, uh, this being an honor to be a return guest. Did I say that? I believe so. We'll play the tape though, back again for the live studio audience here in the, uh, in the dining room. You've also had the honor of getting a chance to see my game up close and personal a couple of times. Um, and I, and I'm sure that there's been, there's been a few things you've probably told Josh about, and now we're implementing in your game, and I actually think it's contributed to your performance at the Honda. I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot watching you play the other day. Um, I I didn't know it was possible, actually, some of those shots. But oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I didn't realize you could go that far right. I didn't know you could go, you could chunk a chip that bad, and I didn't realize you could three putt from that close. But I learned, it's all possible. I've learned a lot. It's all Josh, I need to possible. talk to you. Yeah. Hey, we need to implement realize, this. Yeah, I told my coach, I was like, I had no idea how bad it could get. I had no clue. So we need to be on this. <laughs> we need to realize that it can get yeah. this bad. Yeah. So one of the things we were talking about when we played whatever it was a month ago um, was some of the, the potential for something that we've read about, but I didn't realize, you know, maybe actually has potential to happen, which is these rollbacks on equipment. I always kind of thought that was something that, that Jack Nicholas will say when he does his annual Honda Classic press conference, and it kind of has a little attention for 48 hours, and then it kind of goes away. 
but that's is this something that you think really really could wind up happening or is it still um, just kind of speculative it, i think it's still speculative but it's certainly something that the usga and the pga tour and others are taking pretty seriously i think there's enough um strength and clout behind the the argument for a rollback of some sort it it gets pretty confusing um to try to implement but um just as far as the the manufacturers and um yeah. how you know it, it, and you know there's talk about bifurcation where you'd have the the PJ Tour would play a different golf ball than the than the amateur golf game would would play and that is debatable as well if that's a good thing or bad thing for the game and um you know me personally I don't think it's necessary I I just I don't think uh you know, we have to draw, make the golf ball go significantly shorter for us to all to enjoy the game. It's, it's an evolving game like anything else. And it's changed over the years. Sure. Um, you know, some of the arguments would be that the, the older golf courses, uh, can't, you can't play a PJ tour event because they're too short. They've, uh, you know, we've just outgrown them and they can't, they can't get any longer. They've, they're in a small property or for whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't go there, but at the same time, I mean, look at these hospitality tents that I was referring to earlier that it's like, man, to hold a PJ tour of it. Now you just need a lot, you yeah. need a lot of land and, uh, you know, it's just changed. And I also think that the long guys are always going to be long. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, as long as uh, like we witnessed a few weeks ago at Bay Hill, if, if the greens are firm and the wind is up and the, you know, conditions get somewhat tough, if the rough is really thick, if the fairways get narrow, it's going to be hard. The scores are going to be high yeah. and it's, it's going to be a different game than Palm Springs, which I do love, but of course it's a different type of game of just driver, you know, wedge iron, make the putt, move on to the next hole. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that they, I mean, the wind of course is this X factor. Can't do anything about it. Is there anything that the courses themselves can do with the tour, allow it to make it more challenging? You know, when you don't have a circumstance like a course, like, here pj national or the circumstances you guys had at bay hill where all hell i mean obviously chinnecock a couple of years ago all right. hell broke loose can there be something that everybody would be not everybody but a lot of people would be cool with to make it difficult and then not have to alter a rollback equipment yeah i mean it's a lot of things uh, and in each course and each climate is so different if it rains you know a bunch wednesday before the tournament scores are going to be low because yeah. it's soft if it's soft and we're hitting five irons from you know whatever 200 to 220 and we're hitting a five iron that's landing next to the hole and just stopping it's very it makes this game a lot and easier. all of you guys can do that <laughs> give or take 20 <laughs> yards but yeah yeah uh yeah i hit my five iron 200 yards and it's just an it's an amazing thing i was telling you i think before we started that you know i played bell reeve the day after the pga championship and how I, the guys were saying it's so soft and i remember i think it was kisner and he was paired with woodland and he said the thing that people don't understand is if i'm hitting if he's hitting a seven iron he has a huge advantage over me hitting a four iron, but out here with the conditions as they are right now, he doesn't have that big of a difference. And I was trying, I'm going, why? I don't mm-hmm. get it. But then when I play these courses down here and they're firm, it's like, oh my, you can't hold greens. Right. And that's the, that's the world. I mean, it changes it, everything. It changes the game dramatically. Holy where crap. If, if we're standing back there on a 200 yard shot and the pins in the back, right, for example, and if it's soft, I can just hit a five iron right at it or a cut four iron or whatever I want that's going right at that flag and just going to stop. If it's 200 yards, I'm going to try to land it 199. But if it's if it's firm, I've got to look, okay, this thing, I need to land like 185. I need to land it like 15 short or something, mm-hmm. at least 10 short, 10, 15 short to allow for that 
bounce. Well, but if the pin's tucked on the right, I, there, I don't have any space there to land it eight, 10 yards from right. the hole. I need to go to, toward the middle of the green, in yeah. front of the green. Now I've got a 30 footer for, for birdie versus if it's soft, I'm hitting a five iron right at it. Maybe I've got a 10 footer. Yeah. And how different, I mean, it's just in a different, I mean, and then it gets into the ability to what I call sauce. I don't know what, what the official terminology would be holding greens. That's not it. Sauce is, sauce not, the is not the green. No, what, spin what, would probably be the number one. That's too confusing. Spin, spin sounds. We're going to edit, we're going to edit this cool. part out as well. Don't, don't worry. It's going to go. You'll know, no one will ever hear this. Sauce. <laughs> I'm a six handicap and I'm doing the best I can. Really? You can do better. Now, what do you mean by that? The, you the, the, the actual interview or my game? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you decide. Yeah, this is open to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the thing that I, I watched. I'm just like, I mean, I, I look at that and now you take it for granted. Was this something you were doing like when you were playing high school or is this something that like, oh, I'm now I'm down at Duke and I now need to sauce the ball. <laughs> uh, I think it's just something that it's, it's, it's kind of, I've probably done since high school. Probably. Really? Yeah, I mean, did somebody point it out to you? No, it's, it's just a net. I don't know. I don't even have to even think about it. especially like a full wedge, like a, from a hundred yards or something. I mean, controlling the spin is huge. I've always spun it pretty good. Like I can spin it too much a lot of times. And, and there's a lot of times on tour where they're soft enough. If they get soft that if you spin it too much, it's going to rip off the front of the green. Right. The spin is terrible. You don't right. want spin. Right. Um, when they're firm, you want that spin, right? Because they'll right. hold the green. But if it's soft, it's more of like, okay, I'm going to take an extra club and swing a little slower and take the spin off because I don't want this thing to juice back. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think it's with the grooves, the golf ball, the, the swing speed, the angle of attack. It just produces it almost naturally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's something that, I, I mean, you guys take for granted. But it's, it's amazing. The other thing that I've noticed from, from, from whether I be out here following guys or from playing with you, I always was under the impression the guys who are at your level would want to hit their, their driver low. But all of you guys, it seems anyway, now maybe it's a different circumstance. Not only are they bombs but they go up super high. Is that something that's changed, or has that always been the way that it is? Uh, I think it depends on the player still. Yeah. I think you're seeing higher now than it, surely it was probably 20 years ago. But um, And what, what is that about? Um, I think trying to maximize your dis- – I'm not a – I don't get into the weeds on trackman numbers or anything, but it is about maximizing your, your club head speed, your angle of attack, your launch angle. And so, you know, you kind of have two options. You can either be – Ryan Armour, like I played with a sure, Honda, I followed who, yeah. great player, great dude. He hits low draw runner drives. That's just what he does. Mm-hmm. He's probably not carrying it more than anywhere from 260 to 275 on a general range day. And But that thing is rolling out over 300 yards because yeah. he's hitting these little knucklers that are just running. That's his game. He loves it. And then you have Phil Mickelson, who right now is hitting bombs. And... <laughs> They are sky high. When I played with him in Palm Springs last year, I've never seen a human being hit it as high as he did. Really? And he's hitting it far. So it's high launch and ideally a little bit lower on the spin. And so you want the high launch to get it out there to carry as far as you possibly can. And then you want it to roll out as much as you possibly can. So um, Ryan Armour, for example, is not concerned about the carry as much as he is about the rollout. Rollout. Um, Phil, in that case, was more concerned about carrying it just as far as he possibly can. God, how do you control the spin? Again, uh, with your golf ball, with your the club head, with your um, shaft. So just equipment alone can change yeah. it. Um, and then you can, the, the more loft you have, the more spin you're going to have. So you could de-loft your driver. You could add loft either at setup or through your swing. You can, you can change it that way. 
Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't get into <laughs> super um, detailed on that, but. Uh, you are a, a huge blues fan, um, and you were uh, there. Saw saw you outside Game Six, the Stanley Cup Final. Um, seeing the Blues win the Stanley Cup six months after five months, six months after you win your first tour event. Hell of a 2019. Uh, find out your wife is pregnant. Also, hell of a 2019. How does that, as a fan watching that, and I would imagine you had nerves for Game Seven. Okay. And then you are on the tour. You're putting in front of Phil Mickelson for a chance to win on the PGA Tour for the first time. I would imagine there had to have been nerves there too. But I think I said, maybe said it to you, maybe I didn't. Playing with Edmonds last year, Jim Edmonds, and he, he would talk about how nervous he would get. And it was just be like me and a handful of people just playing, not like even a gallery. And he'd like, it gets in my head over the ball. And I go, okay, when you were at Fenway Park in 2004, were you nervous? He goes, no, I didn't think any. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like trying to drive home a point. It's what you do, so you don't. So, so for that, was there a different experience? Because you're big into the blues, are big into the blues, during that versus when you were out there and you're competing against Phil Mickelson to win a tour event. Yeah, it's, it's totally different when you have control, which is what you're getting at. Like having control of my golf game on the golf course, like I, I'm nervous. I feel it on the first tee of every tournament, every tournament. Still round. even now? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah. You feel a little nervous. You're like, okay, this is, this is a big deal. This is important. This is my, this is my thing. Were you nervous when I was on the first tee on Monday with me? Was that something that got? Oddly, no, for some reason that just didn't, uh, didn't get the juices flowing. I just figured maybe that, that was just a, you know, this, the celebrity factor. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> uh, the wow factor just anyway. Um, no, I think, you know, I still get nervous on the on the tee every round, every hole. I mean, I, I feel it. I feel that it's the competition, it's the tournament, it's the drive, it's all of it. It's 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 important to me. And so, yeah, of course, I'm going to feel a little nervous. It's it's a different nervous winning the tournament on the last hole than it is on you know your your fourth shot on Friday is different. Like right. But there's something there, right? There, right. There's some, but I have control over my performance. I have control of the result in some way. And so that puts me a little bit of at ease, right? But it's it's maybe like driving a car. If if I'm in the if we're going through a, a rain, yeah. rainstorm on the highway and I'm driving, like I'm okay. Yeah, I, I'm nervous. Sure, it's got my attention. This is hard. But if I'm in the passenger seat and somebody else is driving, I'm a little bit like on edge. Like this is maybe we should pull over. This yeah. doesn't feel that good. And it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. So watching the blues, I mean, on my couch, on game seven, I was freaking out. And so I mean, is it just you and your wife or do you, yeah, I don't like big games like that. That's I am how not I am going out. Absolutely I don't need not. somebody chirping no in my chance. ear about stuff. No chance. Less people, the better. And so I get that way with Duke basketball Cardinals, like it, big games. I am not going out. Like there's no chance. And so, uh, yeah, I was at, at my couch watching game seven there and I'm freaking out and I have no control. I'm watching TV. I'm at the mercy of whatever these fellas like to do. Out yeah, there. Right. So, uh, it, there is a difference. Now, me. your wife's a St. Louisan as well. Yeah. Was she into it or was she kind of like, oh, this is uncomfortable how Adam's behaving right she's, now? She's into it. Sure. Definitely a fan. Definitely more so at the um, the Blues and the Cardinals than like I, I get this way over Duke games a lot too, Duke basketball. And she does not care if Duke. I mean, she would likes them to win, sure, but like mostly. So I'm not a grumpy. She went to Duke. No, she went to Missouri State. Ah, that's right. Yeah, you told me that. Um, that's right. Those games aren't on TV as much. So we don't get to watch them as much. But I make her watch these Duke games, and she comes and goes. She falls asleep sometimes, which is fine. But I think she mostly just wants them to win because then I'll be in a better mood. Right. But, um, yeah, that game was for sure crazy. Um, you know, she's of course. Uh, what we're talking about a month, a month and change from uh, Emily having your first uh, child. 
uh, son, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, your dad's fired up about this. I'm telling you, every time he sees me out with my son, he goes, oh, I can't wait to be out with my, my grandson. Yeah. It's going to be the greatest. He's fired up. How much will this impact uh, you and, and golf? Sometimes I feel like we see guys, like right after their, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. They, they win, you know, they don't, they don't, they're not getting sleep, but for some reason there's like a bump. Right. Yeah, you know? there is. It's, it's a real thing. Um, I've probably seen it go both ways, but, um, I don't know to be determined. I think as long as we handle it as best we can and be honest about it and the communications there and we work hard to together that I think we'll be fine. Um, yeah. I mean, Chris Nagel, you mentioned there, like he's had some, a few kids now in his yeah. day and he, I feel like he goes on these little stints afterwards and just crushes it. Um, <laughs> and uh, Nick Taylor on the PJ tour, yeah. for example, he had yeah. a baby in November and then he won Pebble beach in February pretty quickly after. Sure. So, um, you know, we, we've got, it's been nice to be on tour. We, a lot of my friends are around the same age of, had babies about to have babies in the last year or two. And so we've learned a lot from them of places that they stay, how they stay, do, are they getting two bedrooms and, things that they bring along with them on the road and the, the slumber pod that you put over the crib so they can sleep and all these different things that um, we had no clue about before that we're yeah. learning as we go. But um, I think it'll certainly change a lot. It'll put a, a lot of um, a lot of things into perspective for me. Probably golf won't seem nearly as life or death. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll have to just kind of figure out our way. Yeah, the uh, the bump is a real thing. That's interesting. I had I noticed it, but I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's and I didn't even realize the Nick Taylor element of it. With that the, was a, uh, the that pebble. was a quick one there. That yeah. was awesome. Um, Andrew Landry won Palm Springs earlier this year, and he's got a two year old, I, yeah. think, I believe, something like that. Little Brooks, and so I, I you know, I, I, you know, I think it's. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys do really well with babies, so it's not something that I'm scared of. Uh, I'll just keep betting you because I know what's coming Send around it. the corner here. Uh, how do you view uh, nerds like me who play DraftKings? Um, I don't know. I, it's, I, I respect it. I think like you probably know a lot more about odds and guys that are good at these places. And the that. guys who win absolutely know, like they'll, I mean, break it down like, Oh, this 125 to 150 yards is really important on this course. And Zach Johnson is ranked third right now on that. So we want a lot of Zach Johnson. I'm like, okay, holy yeah. crap. How <laughs> right. do you, you know get, this you stuff? You get super, yeah. super deep on stats and, uh, and the, the, yeah, it's, it's a big deal right are now. Are you but, aware of stats like that? Sometimes like, I, I, I Sometimes you can't avoid it. It's kind of thrown on your face and throw it in your face on Twitter and stuff. But like, like sur- guys who are like playing DraftKings will throw like they'll chirp you on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, I get a little no bit. No yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's just me. I can't imagine what Justin Thomas gets. But oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it. I hear it almost every. I heard it definitely last week at the players, for example. Uh, I was going to the tee and I started on ten. It's a long walk from the range to to ten tee. And somebody just, I mean, we're just like at a crosswalk, whatever. They got to let us go. So we're going. And some guy said, let's go, Adam. I got you on my DraftKings, baby. Let's go. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm going to try. Before, <laughs> Otherwise, I wasn't interested yeah. in winning this thing. Yeah, or you hear them yelling at the other guys in your group for being on their DraftKings and stuff. And, um, it's fun. I mean, it's cool. It's it's perfectly fine. I think, but certainly, uh, like, like uh, uh, where were we? Sawgrass, for example. I saw something on Twitter that uh, driving accuracy was number one or something as far as the most important stat. And uh, the week before Bay Hill, it was, um, I don't know, putting or something. So it just, it, the court, there's different courses favor different players, but yeah. it's not like an exact science because you, it's golf and uh, it's unpredictable, but that's the beauty of it. That's why when I see guys quote unquote beat the game, and I have a friend of mine who, I mean, he has by definition beat the game. I mean, he has done incredibly well at like, like Nick Taylor, God mm-hmm. bless him and everything. 
but you know, I mean, how many people were on Nick Taylor? Right. You know, yeah. Sure enough, he's got like twenty rosters with Nick Taylor. I'm just like, how do you even like where do you come up with this yeah. stuff? Yeah, it's you impressive know? and lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I think I think for uh, the players, it was like shots gained. I don't know, tee to green or something like that, which mm-hmm. you know, like, well, of course, that's, 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 that's always going to be important. Sure. You know, why wouldn't it be? But it's more important at certain right. courses, and I can't remember what it was here at the uh, at the Honda, but it's a bizarre thing. So, so I'm like, oh, I wonder if you guys then have an idea of who's going to do well this week because you guys actually are aware of, not maybe as intricately, but you're aware of what courses benefit or play to certain guys' styles. Is that a, is that a case like a you know bit. if you're going here that it's good? Yeah. Like my guy was like, oh Adam is perfect for PGA National. Mm-hmm. He's playing well, and this course suits his game. And I'm like, okay, sounds yeah, good to right, me. Right. I, I mean, what, what the hell do I know? You yeah, know? I think you see some of it in our, in our own individual scheduling as well. For example, I took off the farmers at Torrey Pines. Not a great setup for me. Why? Uh, I don't hit it far enough, honestly. Um, I'm pretty average, if not below average, at driving distance on tour. And so I, I'm not, I, I've, at, at uh, Torrey Pines, love the place. Awesome, gorgeous, great golf course, great tournament, great area, love it. I have, my, my brother-in-laws live there. Like, there's a lot of reason to play that event. I love it. But if you're going to take weeks off, because you can't play every week, right. I was in the middle of like seven in a row on the West Coast for me. So I, I just wanted to take something off. And so I was going to take that one off because that place is, every hole is so long. It's, it's thick, rough. And so I need to hit driver on every single hole as far as I possibly can and then hit the next long iron or hybrid or whatever it is into the green pretty good too, just to keep up with this, right? Versus, I don't know, Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy who can just bomb it up there. He's going to outdrive me by 30. And then he's got 30 yards in front of me. And then so he's got a seven iron in and I've got a four iron in. And that's a big advantage for him. Huge difference. And if I miss a fairway, which I do, if I miss the fairway, I'm probably going to have to lay up because it's like 220 out of this nasty rough. If they miss the fairway, you know, they've got 178. Right. They can kind of get something up there around the green and whatever. So um, I think you see that. And then PJ National here at the Honda is a lot different. It's, it's not overly long. I don't know if it's 7,000, 7,100 yards, but it's all about accuracy. There's water mm. everywhere. And it's so you got to be so precise. And it's all about controlling your golf ball. Well, you don't see bombers necessarily winning every year here or doing well or even playing for that matter yeah you um, don't at the honda so I, I think you see that just in our scheduling I, I, with, with 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 regard to the bombing and like mcelroy like looking at his swing because i mean he's you know he's like my size but he like goes low and then he like explodes up and then now you see guys i mean tiger obviously is a huge example jason day is an example do you think the golf swing has gotten to a point where it's so violent that you're going to not not you per se, but like you're going to see guys starting to get you know more injuries than we saw you know 20 years ago, or sometimes you could see guys with guts you know being able to navigate and win tournaments. Yeah, I think it's it's still golf. You're going to see both probably. Yeah. Um, Matt Wolf has become a friend of mine. He's bombing it like uh, could be as far as anybody out there. Really, and it doesn't look smooth and comfortable watching him swing. But um, Roy's looks a little more under control, but. I mean, I, they're also training a lot differently. And so especially these guys that are bombing it and swinging at it so fast, so hard, so violently that they are probably the ones in the gym the most and making sure that they're protecting themselves um, against injury. But there's still plenty of golf courses like the Honda or even Bay Hill or um, TBC Sawgrass that is it doesn't necessarily you don't have to bomb it. You can mm-hmm. so until every course becomes a bomber's paradise like Tory. 
um, I think you'll still see a, a different types of winners. I mean, Nick Taylor that we're talking about one pebble and he does not vomit. So, yeah. and he was hitting two irons a lot out there. So yeah. I, I think there's enough variance in the schedule. There's still 40 events on the PGA tour and there's just a little bit of everything, a little bit for everybody. So, um, and, and that doesn't mean I can't play well at Tory. It doesn't mean I, like no chance could I ever imagine playing well there. I don't feel that way at all. It's just more likely that I would, sure. I would finish higher at a place more like PJ National. We at this point now the majors kind of all have their setups. I mean it goes without saying, you know, mm-hmm. you have Augusta and then the other three rotate, but they usually have a consistent kind of theme. Of the four majors, which one do you think quote unquote sets up best for you to actually win a major if you if you look at it? Probably either uh the Masters or or the US Open. Yeah. Um the PGA it's typically pretty dang long. <laughs> um, it, it can be thick, rough, and all that, but it's usually a bomber's kind of yeah. place for the most part. Their venues. Um, the U.S. Open is all about difficult, and usually I do well in that kind of situation. So, I, um, and Augusta, I think, kind of sits fits anybody's game. I mean, Patrick Reed won. He's not bombing it, but also Bubba Watson won, and he's all over the place. And I don't know. I think in just, uh, Jordan Spieth, anywhere he's won is probably a chance that I could win maybe because he's yeah. a little more like me um, distance-wise and ball striking and things is, is his 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 masterpiece. And then I don't even know enough about the Open Championships over there in Britain, uh, yeah. well, Britain mostly. So I don't know. I, I The fact that I've never played over there probably uh, puts that at four. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm just, I mean, maybe I'm off the mark and maybe it's because I'm like, oh, I really, you know, I know Adam, I like Adam, I want to see him be successful. I just feel like you're trending in a really positive way you know again part of it is you know i've got my DraftKings wizard guy telling me this but i mean i see it myself and then i also just feel like but that was always when i interviewed you last year you know and i was, I was talking to your dad about it. i said yeah when i interviewed adam he just was like yeah i know i mean i was i was confident i was going to make the pga tour and i'm sure a lot of people on the outside were going boy you've been out on at the time the web for a while mm-hmm. you know once you hit 30 on the web you're you know it's like being 40 in major league baseball usually mm-hmm. i mean i think sure yeah but you were always like yeah and now here you are now you got a year under your belt you got to win mm-hmm. you're playing well i'm just like i wouldn't bet against this guy at all man this is just kind of the way he works he just kind of he gets comfortable and he's confident and yeah it's kind of been my uh history too i think in college golf i kept getting a little bit better and um, never been a superstar at any level necessarily. Uh, maybe maybe local junior golf in St. Louis was um, the highlight of my winning multiple times in a row kind of thing, or dominating maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, since then, it's been uh, more of a steady steady climb, and and that's okay. I'm mean, I'm I'm perfectly happy where I'm at, and I like where where we're headed. And you know, I have a nice nice group of people around me, and you know, having Emily out on the road the last year has been awesome, and and a lot of families come out to support as well. Um, from both sides of the family and um, Josh Gregory's been great I still keep in touch with Brian Fote in St. Louis yeah. and, and he's couldn't be more supportive um, you know my caddy Julian Trudeau we linked up almost a year ago now and it's been a pretty big game changer for me was that a tough thing to do to the, the caddy switch oh, thing yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the hardest part of the job 100% <laughs> like what, have, having to whack yeah. somebody yeah, yeah. especially mean, when it's the guy who was on your bag when you won it's hard it's it's the hardest thing to do in golf it really is so especially you, when you like the person and it, it's it's a you know, so i'm sure you do it face to face i assume yeah, or at least a phone at the very least a phone call but you're probably together so you're able to do it face to face it's gotta be brutal it's gotta yeah be brutal. i've done it all kinds of ways i mean i've had to let people go you hate it you never get you never enjoy it i no. don't give a damn who you are no, i don't care who you are it's awful especially yeah. when you you generally 
care about the guy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the hardest thing that we have to go through it. Um, at the same time, it's your job, it's your business. You have to do what's right for you. And you know you're breaking somebody's heart and, and it's just, it kills you to do yeah. it. Um, at the same time, you're excited about the change in the future and what could be. Um, it just didn't work out with, with Matt before. Um, great guy, wish him all the success. I know he's been working on the web or uh, Corn Ferry and, and uh, he'll be fine. Um, it's just, it's hard to, hard to do. Um, right. it, it's hard to get it out. <laughs> yeah. um, we're, we're not used to doing that. Um, we don't, yeah. we're, we're not CEOs yeah. of big companies. Right. So, um, but sometimes it, it changes good and that's what you have to do. And I was fortunate to link up with Julian. Who's, who was he with before? Uh, well, he's was mostly with Graham Dillette. He, he was with him for a number of years through his success, had a bazillion top tens and great success with, with Graham. Graham had back injuries, yeah. several, had to withdraw from a bunch of events. And so he was going to be out for a while. And, and Jules was kind of bouncing around different guys, kind of temporarily waiting for Graham to get back. And um, that's when I linked up with him. He had been already kind of bouncing around and taking jobs here and there, just knowing Graham was going to come back at some point. He didn't really know necessarily throughout all of this, if it was going to be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. And so he was just kind of uh, waiting it out. But um, that's when I linked up with him about a year ago. Wells Fargo was our first event in mm -hmm. May. And uh, I, I kind of knew from the first few days, like, this is awesome. This is going to be really good. Um, Jules is awesome golfer in his own right. Played All these guys are, aren't they? Uh, Usually? No, not necessarily. No, really? No. Like, like Fluff's not a plus four? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this, but so, so some guy, but I mean, some guys are like legit. Yeah. There's a lot of really good players out there, but not all, of them not all of them really. No, there's, there's, there's some that are, but, awesome. but your guy is yeah, Jules is great. He, uh, he played golf at Wichita state and played professionally for a while. Um, could he beat me? He, he played, yes, he played, <laughs> at, uh, he played, um, on the web.com tour for a year. Oh, wow. Um, he was on the big break show and Oh, really? Uh, so he and then yeah, so he's a good player in his own right, which I think has probably been the best thing for me is that I truly 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 trust his input and his, he's very on it. He's got a golfer's a pro golfer's mentality out there and he 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 challenges me to to maybe be a more aggressive than I want to be sometimes and there's other times when he kind of dials me back and gets me to be a little bit more conservative. And um, I, I, it's just, we've, had, we've got great communication. He's got a great family, a wife and baby. They mm -hmm. stayed with us at the Honda. Um, we've gotten to know them really well, and uh, I couldn't be more thankful. Are, are, are they, are, I guess it's player by player, but serving as part therapist in addition to? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, like when you're you know, about to lose I'm your shit. I'm glad he's not here with a microphone. He's <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we're on edge out there sometimes, right? Uh, good sure. I mean, we're... Where we can get frustrated, disappointed, mad, angry. Um, we can get overly excited, overly happy, overly pumped. Um, and he's got to dial that back and he's got to read my body language. And it's, it is so much harder to be a pro caddy than I had even thought before. And now that I'm living it, it is one of the hardest jobs you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, when I was following your group that day, it was mentioned Ryan Armour and Siwoo Kim. And see was like grinding on those final couple holes to mm -hmm. just try to I think he needed one more birdie yeah. and he would have made the cut. And he's kinda losing his you know, and it's not it's not a televised group at the time and you're kind of in the back corners of the the course and I see him kinda losing his crap, you know, which is and anybody's gonna do because you guys are playing it's your job, man. Yeah. It's a different yeah. ball game right. here. And that making that cut's a difference between yeah. X and Y. And hell, who was it? On who barely made the cut and then he was near the top of the leaderboard by the end, so it can happen. And I'm thinking, man, if you're the caddy there, do you do you intervene, or I guess you just know your guy, and you're and sometimes your guy needs to let it out, 
and or sometimes you know you're, you need to get your guy back right i guess to case by what do you need do you need him to say hey let's get back in it or you, do you need that time to blow off some steam what's your um I, a little bit of both i probably need a shorter time to blow it off i need a shorter time to um be alone and i probably you know if, if anything his job is to kind of get me out of that as fast as possible because the longer we're we're sulking and down and um, we've all lived it, but it, it doesn't do you any good. Um, mm. Anger, sometimes you get it out and yeah. you feel good and you're ready to go. Right. And um, I've been there too, maybe a little bit, but um, usually for me, it's just I need to kind of have have him kind of snap me out of it, remind me that I, I, I say Bay Hill, for example, on uh, Saturday, I was went into the weekend in like 15th place. Saturday was one of the hardest days of golf of all time for everyone. For everyone, yes. it was so hard, and I was I was swinging poorly. I was not in control of my game, and so I start. I mean, I'm making bogeys left and right to start, and uh, we get to like I, I made a nice save or something on eight, and we get to nine t, and he's like, "Man, we're we're in like fortieth place here, bud. Like we're you're, you know we're not in seventieth. Mm-hmm. Like we got a lot to play for, and we have a whole nother round ahead of us the next day. Like we're good, good. perspective. Like, we're fine. We're fine." And, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not in 15th place. I can't probably win. And that's kind of what I was most upset about. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to have a chance to win this tournament tomorrow. And it just, ugh. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, we're going to finish last or anything like that. It was just more of like, man, I just really want to be in contention. I want to be in the mix tomorrow. And I started the day in 15th, and here I am in 40th. Like, mm-hmm. that's not good. But then he kind of flipped me like, hey, we got a lot of opportunities ahead of us, a lot of birdie holes ahead of us. We're, we're fine. And that was a nice little, little calming, yeah. like, like, come on, let's, let's not give up in other words, which I never have, but you know, let's, let's stay with it. Let's keep it going. You made reference to, uh, to Josh, Josh Gregory, your swing coach. Um, and he also works with, with Patrick Reed. Have you gotten a chance to know him well because you have the same coach? Uh, he's been off and on with Patrick for the last few years. I think, you know, I don't think they're working together right now oh, okay. officially, but um, you know, he has a, another guy he works with, but he's, he's known Josh a long time and they, they have, they have their own relationship and, uh, you know, he, I think he still sees him here and there, but, um, yeah, a little bit, uh, I've gotten to know him here and there really, but, uh, not that much. The reason I ask, I just feel like even though he's not at the, the perceived level anyway of take your pick of whatever, you know, Tiger, Capco, DJ, Fowler, Thomas, whomever, I feel like you can say the name to a casual fan and they will likely line up, you know, I mean, he's a polarizing, but mm-hmm. yet non, I mean, he does have a master's, I mean, don't get me sure. wrong, uh, and had big Ryder Cup moments, but that's why I ask about it, you know, and, and where, you know, if you get a chance, and is he misunderstood, or is it a whole thing, and it's a, it's a, it's a weird spot. Yeah, he's in a tough spot. I don't know. Uh, I don't know him well enough, and, you know, I think he's spoken on it a few times um, on, on the issues that have been brought up, but I don't know enough about where he's at or what his... I I haven't really watched it or kept up with it, so right. I can't I can't speak for him or T- even totally uh, totally understand. A couple more, and then I'll uh, let you out of here. Uh, with regard to what you want to do, whenever the time comes when you're done playing golf, you went to Duke. You probably are a pretty sharp guy, not as sharp as somebody who went to to Missouri Journalism School and didn't graduate, but nonetheless sharp. Sure. <laughs> What would you like to do after you're done playing? I haven't thought about it. I mean, golf's been plan A and B for so long that um, I don't know. I, I haven't been that close to quitting. I haven't been that close to giving up. And I haven't been that close to... But you to... weren't thinking about being a professional golfer when you were at Duke, no, right? No, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on anything else either. Oh, okay. Uh, I, 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 and it, somewhere in my sophomore year is when I sat down with my, my college golf coach and he... He kind of ingrained in me like, hey, you can play. You're you got enough. the game you to do this. it. this. And so since then, it's been kind of the the goal um it's been 
what I've been working on. Um, having said that, I don't honestly know what I would do if, uh, if I was hurt or something and I had to come up with something else. I have a lot of interests that are um, not obsessions or by any means, but I, I can, I can kind of get into a lot of things. So, um, you know, golf is what I know the best. So if, I don't see myself ever being like a teacher. So don't hit me up for lessons because I'm not that good as a lot of people can. Yeah, but attest. I only need like, I mean, I only need I like one or two things. Yeah, but we're only off for like eight weeks here. I don't have time to like get you to be a decent golfer. <laughs> well, we're going to have to edit something else out again now. <laughs> this is getting good for. Here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. Broadcasting. Can't do it. What? I think it's it's easy. I mean, I'm sitting here. I can talk about me and my perspectives and my experiences, but I think um, I've I've watched that some of my friends are getting into it now. And really, who got, who are some of the guys that you're uh, friends with that are getting into it? Colt Nost. Okay, yeah, you, you did his show the other day, sure, right? Sure, and, and Max Homa has a podcast, and um, you know I've I've some friends that have kind of gotten into it a little bit in one way or another. And I, I totally disagree with you. I think it's extremely hard. And oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I and you know you watch. These guys on TV that have been player Davis Love, for example, uh, um, probably hasn't gotten off to the best start that he wanted to, um, broadcasting and, and doing the analysis, and it's it's extremely hard. I, I think I, I have a lot of uh, respect for those guys that go out there and they're following the rounds and they're trying to keep up with somebody in their ear and they're trying to describe yeah, what. Yeah, so what you're thinking of, I think, and I get it, what you're thinking of, but I think you're think you're thinking of it's like if, if somebody said broadcasting. And I remember I, I did a show with Joe Buck for a, a week and I'm like, he, he was the host, of course, you know, and I was the co-host and he sat down. And I'm like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, he's Joe Buck. He calls World Series and Super Bowls hosting a radio show. This is going to be like a, you know, two foot putt for him. And he got going and about 10 seconds in, I'm like, oh shit, he doesn't necessarily know how to host a radio show, even though he could go call the Super Bowl right now in his sure. sleep. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is you're, I think you're thinking of more like the, the, you know, the DL3 guy or the Johnny Miller kind of guy. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is more like the, and I'm in Faraday, I realize is in its own world with the interview show, but you're just so damn quick with the golf knowledge and then also what I consider to be unjustified shots in my direction <laughs> that no one will ever hear. It's an easy target. <laughs> that, that I think that I really do think. And I was wondering, but I was like, you, you having gone to Duke, you probably could go, you know, start up a company here this afternoon if you would like and, and turn it into some monster if you wanted. So that's why I was curious if you had thought about what you're going to do after golf, because I feel like, and I'm not just saying it, you know, and I used to say this to Edmonds too, who now is in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And I, cause I would do interviews with him when I was doing TV and I'd be like, he would hate to talk about baseball, but if I talked about anything else, he'd be all over it, but he just didn't want to talk about baseball. But then now, and I know you watch Cardinal games and I don't know how closely you're paying attention when he's broadcasting. He sees and knows things like a savant with yeah. baseball. He's just not all that interested in it. <laughs> he just right. happens to know it. Yeah. And it's so good, but he doesn't realize how good he is. Yeah. And with Joe Buck, yeah. he did that interview show. I don't know if you ever watched it. It was like a long form interview show. And, uh, and I could tell, like, he like was stern. He would get things out of people that I'm like, man, I, I text him. I go, dude, go, that's a great show. He goes, really? You think so? I go, no, because you're getting people that say things that otherwise they're comfortable. That's the key. I mean, Tony Romo's awesome at it. Yes, I mean, there's another one. I mean, I know he's getting paid now. 17 million. There you go. For it, but. 
Um, aside from that, I mean, honestly, if he's he's on the on the call, and I, I'm going to probably tune in a little bit. Yeah, it's amazing what he's able to yeah, see. Really that, yeah, impressive. that that that's that's in another realm. I'm just saying, I don't know. I just some right. guys are guys like you're like, yeah, it's just that that's not what you know. But I'm just saying. You now just, you, you want to trade some lessons for some golf lessons. I, see what you're this is, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I think right now, I mean, we talked about your game's trajectory. I feel like mine is actually right now steeper. <laughs> I feel like it's steeper. I'm in a, a really good place right now. I Probably think, true. yeah, of course I, it is. Uh, but the, I, I really believe that all I right. really, all right. I'll, you know, I'll you, add it to the list. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to take me seriously at all. Uh, you mentioned goals. Final thought. What are the goals? What are the, like, re, like really like the goals? Like Justin Thomas likes to post that Instagram thing at the start of the year. And end it's like, oh, never, it's end of the year. Oh, never. whether or not he, whether or not he checked them off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of in his boat where I, I don't really like to talk about it and get it out in the public. Until after the fact. Yeah. It, um, I don't want that to, to be a, a thing, I guess. Um, but I mean, always trying to win, always trying to, um, you know, be as high as I can on the FedEx is big. And but I bet it. winning is more there this year than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, I think last year was like uh, pretty much if I could keep, survive in advance. If, yeah, if I could keep my card as a rookie, it would be a huge success. And I think for any rookie, that's goal number one, one hundred percent. Right. Um, and now it's it's changed a bit. Sure, it's it's a little loftier goals for sure. Um, some of it's a little stats oriented and um, and winning and getting into some of the bigger events, the majors and WGCs and things like that. And and then also just a few. Um, more self goals as far as you know my attitude and which i don't i probably have already failed but i'm just going to maintain a goal of of trying to make sure I'm, my attitude's in check every every round every day um and just kind of emotional control um for myself but um yeah i mean their, their goals have gotten a little tougher and you know hopefully we can attain them yeah good they're they're higher sure. but they're realistic too i mean that's yeah, the thing yeah, you know uh, yeah i mean my goal is not to be number one in the world it's just right. not um um, maybe if I got up to that point where I was, it was close, I mean, that would be great. I would love for that to be a, a goal. But to, for, for me to sit here and say I'm trying to be number one in the world, I would need to win you know, all four majors this year for that to even be a possibility. When you're playing with take your pick of guys who are in the top ten, and I don't know how often you get a chance to do it, are you like, oh, I can see there is – they do this. Like in my opinion, and again, you know, I realize it's credibility is in question. But in my opinion, like when I was following, I'm just like, okay, Adam's clearly – in a different class on this particular element of the game, and I can see it, and there's no need to get into naming names. First off, I might not be right, but secondly, just, just observing that. And so then, that's that's one tier, and then when you see, take your pick, McElroy right now, or whomever, are you like, yeah, that's a different, I mean, obviously distance, mm. that's, 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 that's something that you can see statistically, but mm. are there things that you see, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this guy or this group of guys do this at a place that I just don't know if I can ever get or or do you not view it that way? Um, I mean, I was, yeah, when you ever get paired with a, a bomber, it doesn't matter if he's Rory McIlroy or, or Matthew Wolf, who's, you know, 20. Mm -hmm. um, that's always impressive. It's always like, dang, like that is a different golf shot. Like, the, And is I, it key to not, not let it get that. in your head to not go? No, I don't think so at all. Because you don't I, even I worry about I think I'm maybe old enough now or something. If I was 20 and I just turned pro and I'm like watching that, I'm like, I can never beat this guy. Yeah. I can never beat Matthew Wolf because he hits it so dang far yeah and i mean what is he hitting it how far is he i don't even it, i don't know a lot 300 really? something <laughs> and uh he can send it but i i think i've just kind of realized that it's that's not professional golf like there's a lot of amateurs that hit it a lot farther than me too i'm sure, sure. a ton of college guys hit it farther than me and like i've accepted that that's fine it's not a goal of mine to to be super long 
because at the end of the day, it's about controlling your, your game and your golf ball and your motions and, and, and getting the ball in the hole. And there's a lot of ways to do it. And there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of tournaments. It's, it's, it's not, you know, we have one week, you'd beat this guy. It's over the course of a season, it's all about your highlights and having some nice finishes and being cons as consistent as possible. But you don't have to be a bomber. But having said that, playing with those guys, it's like, dang. That is awesome. Like, yeah. I wish I had that. Sure. Yeah. I'm jealous. 100% jealous. Is that just like a God-given thing? Part of it, sure. Really? Like some of these guys are just animals. I think Dustin <laughs> Johnson is just born a, a freak athlete. Um, I do think he but works like you, at it, sure. But I think like, he's, getting, like, he's getting... The, uh, the, the, the Fowlers, Thomases, McElroys, who are all smaller than, well, I guess JT's like 5'10-ish, mm -hmm. but, you know, not big guys... And then able to do that, usually you would think, I mean, it's a, it's a clearly a misrepresentation that you got to be a Kepka yeah, or Johnson piece. size. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I think some of it's just kind of you're born with this, that fast twitch, that yeah. speed, I think. You know, they, they're just kind of, they're just, they can, you know, corkscrew themselves into these positions yeah. and fast, right? And I, I, But they also work at it. I think they're trying to lengthen those muscles and I think they're trying to get faster all the time. Um, but I don't think e any of those guys have like, taken a year to like okay i'm gonna just go from hitting it extremely average or short and then next year i'm gonna be one of the longest guys on the planet like but i think it's just been a gradual growth and i think that they're pretty fortunate but then they also do things to get longer sure and to to maintain it but um yeah they're pretty fortunate but there's plenty of great players plenty every every year in the top 30 on the fedex cup that aren't bombers they're not you know complete world beaters with that and um you know i look up to some of the older guys that are that have been out here for a long long time they've had these long careers without doing it. i mean vaughn taylor is yeah. like is just so impressive um ches Reeve doesn't yeah. bomb it and he's impressive um i mean those guys are just two of several that have been out here for a really long time and they've won and they had some great success without being a bomber yeah uh final thought if you were if you were giving me a pro tip what would it what would it be if I was, or if I actually like, I am. There's no if in this. Yeah. Oh man, a pro tip. What did you see? I I know what I think is my biggest golf issue because I feel like if I just said issue, you might have you might have gotten personal. It would have been yet another thing we'd have <laughs> to edit out. This is your show. I guess. <laughs> I'll end it on a golf. high note. Thank you. Oh wow, yeah, really? Wow. I have respect. Yeah, of course. Um, You're a Duke guy. You guys are known for your class. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean. It, it seems pretty good. I'm going to be honest. I was kind of joking before, but I think your golf game is better than you think it is. Wow. Yeah. I can't tell I right now you if you're bluffing no, at no, the no. pot. This is, this is true honesty. Wow. From the heart. Um, I'm still waiting. I still feel like I'm getting set up. I, no, I, I didn't analyze your swing. I, was, I did not stand behind you and say, what is this guy doing wrong or right? Or um, For me, it's usually more of like I can just see messes being made around the greens that are just like you just – have no chance if you're if you cannot chip the ball and putt the ball if your speed is that far off all the time you're just never ever ever going to reach your potential because mm -hmm. the full swing it kind of comes and goes it's it's important and it's great and all that but if you're if, if amateurs have pretty decent short games and i mean short games and putting and all that and get the ball in the hole they can turn doubles into bogeys. Right, and, I, and then I just, that changes gets, the thing yeah. so drastically. Yeah, and it's a, it's a touch and feel thing, and it's different grass down here than up north, obviously. Sure. So there's definitely a difference. But um, getting your chips closer to the hole, your putts need to be way closer to the hole. Like from 30 feet, it shouldn't be a going six feet by or six feet short. That should just almost never happen. It should be 
the exception versus uh, the norm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, that's all I've done down here is actually just, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not even going to work on the, and I love it. I can't get enough. Do you like to practice? I assume you got You can't get to where you are without, if you don't like practicing, right? I do like practicing. Yeah, I like practicing more than playing a lot Same of here. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Do you go with the earbuds while you're playing? Uh, no. Is that, that's frowned that. upon. Yeah, no, a lot of guys do. Um, if anything, if I get a, if I'm starting to feel a little stale, I'll, I'll play a, a your show or uh, <laughs> or some music. You couldn't keep a straight face on that. Or I'll I play mean, some was... I'll play some music um, or a podcast or something um, on my phone or something. But I don't want anything in my ear because then I, I lose that sound. Sure, absolutely. Um, but if, if it's in the background, I can it, it's fine. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate the time as always. Uh, I feel like I got a great pro tip. I think you're being serious. No matter what, you know you can walk out of here knowing that you made me feel like you were being serious, yeah. and I think that was probably the end goal. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much. Uh, congratulations on the success, and uh, best of luck to you and Emily on the birth of your son here soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me back. All right, man. So there it is. Adam Long, our guest here from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, still, as of right now, in Florida. Gangster Pete, I don't know where... I will be when I talk to you next. I, I, I will either be in my basement in St. Louis <laughs> or I will still be down here. And I was texting with one of my um, people who I would describe as being well-informed. And he said, if you don't leave now, uh, as in real soon, and I'm talking to you on, what, March 20th, he said, be prepared to stay down here until June. Oh, my. Yeah. I, I kind of thought, okay, maybe we'll do April, but it, that's that's – so I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. It, it's certainly what's on everybody's minds. I know we did questions from the audience. We welcome people's questions slash opinions by emailing T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. I think in the golf world, um, as you heard Adam talk about that at a couple different points in the interview, um, I, think they, I think they knew I happened to be out on the course with Adam um, on, I guess it was Monday when Major League Baseball announced that it was delaying its schedule uh, for another eight weeks, uh, that it wasn't like he was surprised. He knew that that was going to cost him uh, and everybody on the tour. Um, I mean, that's that, that's their job. They don't receive salaries. That's their job, cost him more tournaments. But that's, it's, I think, what their expectation was. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, I don't know I don't know if I've said this on the radio. I don't know if I said this on um podcast on questions in the audience but uh that um when we when we were pulling up to the 18th green he said oh, i've just heard from and i don't know who it was i think it was another player that it looks like they're canceling a couple more events so they're just they, they just kind of expect it and i mean if they're out there playing in june at this point i'd be thrilled gangster pete where are you on that absolutely thrilled if they played all this year yeah Oh, wow. So that's where you are. I mean, I think this is about to get bad. Yeah, unfortunately, Gangster Pete, I'm with you on that. I really am. I uh, And I was telling Anna Marie, my wife, that uh, I think it was two nights ago that I said it to her, but I, and everything's kind of running together. I know I said it to Adam as he was leaving. And I said, I don't know where you are on this. And he's like, yeah, I kind of. And I said, for me, it's yeah, it had to have been two nights ago. Because I said, for me, it's been in the last 24 hours. So I don't know what to do uh, as far as staying traveling you know i've been told not to fly we have a two-year-old my wife's parents live with us um and 
and what the best play is. It's like, well, then drive. Okay, well, you're driving. You're driving with a two-year-old. You're stopping quite often. You're staying in at least one hotel, if not two. This is a this is an 18-hour, depending on your pace, but 16 to 18-hour drive. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I mean, nobody. I know. I realize nobody has the answer. I'm just kind of talking aloud because I am concerned <laughs> and confused and so on and so forth, just like everybody else is. So uh, I'm sure we'll do at least one questions from the audience next week, if not a couple. And we welcome you to send yours in, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Golf fans, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I would imagine you did. Got into the weeds, certainly, on mindset, on the tour, on even the hitting shots, uh, and then also on the majors this year. So um, grateful for Adam getting into that and then also uh, – just, uh, just coming over and talking about it during a, a time of uh, great anxiety. And, of course, our sponsors, thehomeloanexpert.com, Ryan Kelly, Mark Hanna, our guest sponsor, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, online at carltoninsurance.net, and Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Highway 270, and the Washington Elizabeth Exit, online at landoff.com. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been... Another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.